Anyone? Oh, great. And somebody, uh, okay. Great, thanks. And the button's on the side. Okay. Hello. Oh, did you turn it on? Yeah, it's on already. Yeah. Um, this is not the good, can you hear me? Yeah. Okay. This is not a good way to, uh, the ideal way to break silence after two weeks with a microphone <laughs> in front of all these people, but um, I feel like I just finished watching a movie like The Sixth Sense or something where there's a big reveal at the end that makes you want to watch the whole movie over again, um, you know, to, to kind of see uh, how it holds up and um, because it literally took me probably 12 days to really feel like I have some understanding of the practice to the extent that I'm able to, you know, practice it. Um, and so I have a, a million questions that feel all pretty remedial, like practice-oriented questions that'll hopefully get answered if I re-listen to the <laughs> to some of the talks um, from the beginning. But um, a question that has been arising um, for me is um, when something comes up um, that's kind of juicy, you know, like anger or something, you know, that's a, a familiar pattern or emotion or something like that, do you consciously spend some time trying to be mindful of that or do you just note it and kind of move on or does it vary depending on the situation or um, I'm wondering if you can speak to that. Yes. <laughs> there, it does vary depending on the situation. Um, uh, you know, depending on what the conditions are uh, how your state of mind is. There's a lot of, so there's an art to how much effort, how much investigation. And so what I would say is, um, um, let's see, I'll just go through a, a couple of scenarios, for instance. Um, if I'm in the midst of something very uh, active, present, um, um, have to be engaged with it, like, you know, have a deadline working on something, and something comes up, mostly in that situation, I I meet it, I acknowledge it, and it's like, okay, yep, I see you, yep, and this is where my attention has to go right now, and so it's, it's kind of, it's kind of turning, it's not repressing it, but it's turning the attention towards whatever it is I need to be engaged with. And so it, it's, a, it's a very simple meet it and move on with the day kind of thing. That's, that's actually, that was, that was my very first practice with anger. It was just like meet it and move on with the day. Meet it and move on with the day. Um, and that actually was incredibly powerful. You know, when I first started that practice, I had very little in the way of meditation instructions. I had read a book. I had... Uh, you know, some interest in exploring my mind, um, but didn't understand what it meant to really observe a mind state uh, or even observe the connection with the body and stay present with it. And yet just that simple recognition 
oh, this is what's happening over the course of several weeks was incredibly powerful. So even that, see it and move on, see it and continue, just get on, on with your day, see it and get, can be very, very powerful. Other times I found that, um, you know, after, actually after I learned more about mindfulness, uh, I gained some skills and there are times in the day, you know, especially if it came up during sitting meditation, I could take some more time with it. You know, just meet it, feel it, be with it, notice it in the body, notice the kind of thoughts it produces. So those, the standard kind of being with exploration, when there was time for it, you know, when there was space for it, um, and, and, and yet at times I did see that my mind, my, the capacity in my mind was not really able to meet it. It would like go down the rabbit hole of anger. And in that case, it wasn't meet it and move on because I had something else I needed to attend to in my day. It was meet it and just bow to it and say not now because the, the tenacity of that pattern is strong of my ability to be mi- stronger than my ability to be mindful. And so that was the stepping away. You know, we talked about using our tools in retreat when something's really sticky, you know, to step away from it. Um, same things apply in daily life. If there's something that you see, a mind state that is taking you down, use those tools, you know. For me, it was, I, uh, for some reason, anger would come up when I was walking. And, uh, and, and I would just see you and, mm, yeah, you can take a walk with me, but I'm going to put my attention on my feet right now <laughs> and just really like land there. Um, because if I even tried to be mindful, if I tried to uh, t- turn to it, I would be gone. So, you know, different times, different tools were useful. And then another um, thing that can be useful in daily life around something that's very sticky like that is using reflection. Um, And so you're going through your day and some like big blow up happens and a big, uh, you know, uh, reactivity in your day and and yet you don't have time it's like you know oh stop I need to pay attention to my body you know let's hold off on this conversation right now you don't have time for that you're in the midst of a, a conversation with your work colleague and you know it doesn't make any sense to do that and so you do the best you can in that situation and then sometimes later in the day maybe in the evening or something you could um Find a time, you know, let yourself relax. Yes, I love Nisha's reminder. Relax. Relax can be very helpful. And, and um, let yourself know that you're going to reflect on a particular situation, a scenario. Let yourself bring that situation to mind. You know, so this is using our capacity for thinking to, uh, it's essentially as we, as we think about the scenario, um, often many of the same feelings will come up. And so finding a place or a time where you know you've got space to meet that and, um, and, and creating the conditions where there's a little bit of relaxation, know you're going to explore that situation, drop the scenario into your mind, just kind of like remember it. Remember the scenario 
and then let go of the scenario and come to the feelings. What's there? Be with what's there. Um, and that also, um, it, it helps us with the skill of being with those fast-rising emotions that happen in interaction, but we're able to explore them in the, in the you know, solitude of, of a reflective space. So those are a few thoughts and, you know, different tools at different times. Um, yeah. And I did a lot of that. I see you and, yeah, we'll get on with my day. <laughs> a lot of that. And just, you know, don't underestimate the value of even that simple, simple tool. I was blown away with how powerful that was. Yeah. Thank you. You want to add anything, Nisha, to that? No? Okay. Um, let's take one of these. Let's see. Um, hmm. Maybe you should do this one. We are seemingly in a disturbing leadership, partisan versus statesman times in the U.S. What are some of the constructive ways you have found to reduce suffering in both self and others? This goes right to the heart of daily life practice. Uh, the question of not just here, but th the the meeting of the larger suffering in our world. This is a huge topic. Uh, and yet I do feel it's really useful to speak to it. Um, because it's, it is so, so up right now. And, you know, I'll just say a few things, but the couple of pieces that I find useful We've been exploring them. Beliefs and delusion. You know, the, the way in which our minds um, take our perspective as reality and aren't able to uh, broaden to uh, see, oh, this is one perspective and maybe there are different perspectives. And so, you know, the, the recognition of belief, I think, can be very, very useful. And I think education around um, some of that, there's a lot, there's a lot of information out there right now in particular that I've found around um, views, beliefs, um, um, research around um, um, confirmation bias, you know, so that the, all of that that we've been exploring, um, what we believe, we tend to find information that confirms that and discount information that doesn't confirm that. And this is going on in spades in our world right now. And so there's, there's uh, um, probably always has been going on in our world. Um, 
to to begin to recognize um, that dynamic that possibly my um, views are leaving out certain information. Like just understanding the way confirmation bias works, the way delusion works to screen in things that confirm, screen out things that disagree. We can begin to actively explore and look for hmm, broadening the information, not discounting information. One particularly um, interesting uh, practice that I enjoyed reading about um, was, you know, kind of reflected by a study that said if two people get together and they have opposing views and the uh, way they speak is to say, well, here's my view and here's why I think the view is valid. You know, even, I think even with not a charged conversation, but if each person is tasked in that way to express their own view, the views tend to get further and further apart. <coughs> if instead the two people come and are uh, kind of curious about, tell me about your view. And so kind of going out to that, it's like this is external mindfulness, curiosity about what's going on in someone else. So, you know, just, just a, a different way of relating. When, when people do that kind of interchange, the views tend to find their way closer together. There's, there's more, more room and more places that are found of connection. And so that's, I think that's a useful uh, understanding. And so just recognizing the, the patterns in our own minds of delusion, of views, of beliefs and bias, how all of that works in our own mind, when we see that in our own mind, it's working out in, in business, in politics, in um, culture, racial uh, differences. It's working in views about a class and um, um, gender. It's, it's all over the place. And one of the one of the places to begin also to be curious, Dharma practice-wise, I think, is to recognize when you are othering. We, we've been exploring selfing here in, in some of the groups. I think I've mentioned this othering. You know, when we are othering, when we are thinking about them there, that is a form of selfing. Because when, when there is other, there is self. Only sometimes the experience feels more like other. And to be curious about that. What's going on there? What's, what's happening there? I think... Um, oh, there's so much to say. I will... You know, one thing I think I will do, um, I wrote an article a little while ago about, you know, exploring this kind of collective 
suffering, in particular around the topic of racism. And I think it applies um, more broadly. And so I will put out copies of that article um, if you're interested. It's exploring it. You know, how can we use the Dharma understanding to begin to address some of these larger questions of uh, the divides in our society. A few um, simple tools um, that I found immensely helpful um, uh, when there is that othering going on um, and you notice that when we other, often we are putting somebody into a category. So it's concept. We're not really seeing the individuality there. We're not seeing, a, uh, you know, it's, we're seeing <coughs> that other through some lens of a concept of the group that we're perceiving them as belonging to. Race or class or gender or sexual identity or orientation we're seeing them as 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 through that and not really seeing them as their own person and so i began to recognize when i was othering and a simple tool was offered when you notice that just ask yourself a simple question. I wonder what kind of vegetables that person likes. <laughs> this was immensely helpful. I was really blown away with how powerful this was. It, it took it, you know, to a, a question of something specific, you know, kind of neutral and specific about, you know, this is a human being. They have likes and dislikes, you know, and it just, it, popped that concept of other and created a sense of humanness. I was, I was, I read this in a book, um, which I will also recommend, called Deep Diversity. That, that book in particular explores the topic of self-other through the lens of, in particular, racism. And and yet the tools that are offered there, I think, are applicable for any divides in, in, in our cultures. Um, so that, that book is really useful for exploring the, uh, you know, what kind of tools help us to meet and find um, connection. You know, it really is about connection. And that simple question created a simple connection there. And even just the curiosity about othering was, was huge for me. You know, just, oh, wow, othering, yep, othering. And just seeing that, it was like different things started to happen. It was kind of <coughs> mind-blowing, the, the process of transformation that began to happen there. And so, you know, even these simple tools inwardly, I think, you know, we may be thinking, you know, what can we do in the large, you know, maybe I should like join some organization or do marches or, I mean, and, and those things, if, if you're called to do those things, by all means, 
and uh, don't ignore the work of exposing the delusion that's here and being willing to be really honest about that. It's painful, but it's transformative. You want to say anything about this? Something about it's painful. Yeah, I think just that there's a lot, lot, uh, lot going on in uh, in the heart around all of this, and uh, just how valuable it is to um, know how to feel into the heart. Um, and I think, uh, especially around. Um, for me, just uh, understanding what intention is arising. Um, it just feels like the heart has a lot to say about that. Uh, and this willingness to to know with respect rage and despair and um, conscience and shame and um, even those feelings of helplessness that come up. I think this practice just has so much to offer us in learning how to meet all of that um, with integrity and care, love, respect. Um, yeah, just, I just feel my heart with this question. Um, Yeah, I just think our hearts have a lot to say. I am convinced that the Dharma has the tools that can transform our world. And whether or not enough people choose to engage in that way, I don't know. <laughs> and yet, well, this is like resolve again. Let's stay committed to bringing this practice of wisdom, truth, letting go, and peace, not only to our hearts, but to the world. I think 
It is possible. So let's not give up. Let's sit for a minute. 